0: Christianity, where we are reconciling our human experiences with God and His Word so that we can love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. I'm excited to have my friend Lucy Kinsinger on the show today. Lucy recently wrote a book that's kind of a classic example of reconciling our human experiences with God and his word. It's called Turtle Heart. It tells the story of a relationship she had with an older lady who has since passed on. This lady broke some of her stereotypes of how she thought about what a Christian was, what it meant to have faith in Jesus, how she thought about people who identified as gay or lesbian, and what it looks like to invest in relationships from a gospel perspective. We'll get into all that more. This book has been about five or six years in the making. I remember when she first sent it to me back in 2016, I think, the manuscript. So it's exciting to see it come to life, and I'm honored to be able to share this interview with you all. right here we are with uh lucy kinziger i guess i forgot to ask you do you prefer to go by lucy or lucinda
1: i prefer lucy
0: lucy okay
1: normal conversation yeah
0: (laughs) yeah well welcome to unfeigned christianity
1: yeah it's good to be here
0: it's good to good to finally have you on you uh i think you reached out in september or october of this past year you were is that when the book came out
1: The book actually came out the very tail end of August. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. But I was, I had just, um, we had it, Ivan and I had our first daughter uh, not long before the book came out. So I was kind of like, a lot of things were happening at once. So it was maybe a little bit after the book came out before I actually started reaching out and, and thinking about what, you know, people that I could talk about turtle heart. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for reaching out. I felt bad because I have, uh, pretty much all of 2021, I was off with the podcast. I wasn't really doing much with the podcast and started to try to uh, plan for starting it back up um, this fall. But then the way some of our schedule went and stuff, I decided I just kicked the can down to the new year. And so it's kind of felt like I've had you on the string here for a while. And um you keep you keep checking in and making sure it happens and I'm I'm grateful for that now we finally have you on yeah the the uh the book is turtle heart for anybody who i mean get it right for the those watching here um and it's a book it, the the events happen it's about a relationship you had with a lady back in 2011 kind of around that time is that correct
1: yeah it would have been that's when when I met Charlene
0: yes and then you started writing about it I remember you sent the transcript to me back in 2015 2016 around then and so that I'm assuming by then that was kind of the completion of the transcript and it's been in the process of getting published ever since is that kind of
1: how- yeah. Well, um the manuscript that I sent to you was was an. I don't remember. I think it was a, a well developed manuscript, but it has definitely gone through significant yeah. edits since then. It's gone through several major edits since that time. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's well, definitely I, been a
1: process getting it getting it finished and published because I've I've done many many drafts of this book.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I um, I. As I was reading it this time, I I found myself like, it's a very easy read, you kind of go flow from one chapter into the next. I don't remember that when I read read it the first time. But I was trying to figure out like I really struggled to read manuscripts that are just a Word document, unless it's my own, like unless it's something that that I'm writing, and I kind of know the story. And just having a hard copy book in my hand may have been the difference. Um, but maybe maybe it's the process of editing and just continuing to improve the manuscript. I I know what it's like. Uh I think my book took like three or four years till it was till it was finally published. And somewhere in there, I think at the beginning actually, I had read from another author who said most books go through eight different manuscripts, eight different versions of the manuscripts. And I was like, Oh, no, really? (laughs) Surely, you can do it faster than that. But is that do you find that to be true? You've written what three books now? I think that
1: Yeah, I I didn't count. But yeah, I would say that's definitely anything but simple. I don't know if there were eight versions of anything but simple, but it did go through a, a lot of edits as well. But definitely, probably my children's books and Turtle Heart have. I would say probably definitely. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, a lot of revision and editing, processing. Well, uh, we'll get into the book a little bit further, but um, just by way of further introduction and so forth. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? You are originally from uh, Lady Smith, Wisconsin, which is the area my my dad grew up in, actually. So I have. Mm-hmm. I guess ties to the Sheldon, Wisconsin Ladysmith area. But I actually do not know that much about <laughs> that area of Wisconsin because we've lived we've never lived there and only have visited various times and the last twelve years been out here in California. So Yeah, is is that right? You're from Ladysmith originally? Or that Yes, area? yes, that's so, right. Mm-hmm um yes. yeah go ahead and tell us more about yourself you are a writer
1: yeah I'm I'm blog and have written several books and I love writing yeah. um I've I've been a writer for a long time <laughs> I mean since a young from a young age that was I guess my dream and goal was to pursue writing because I've always been a reader I've loved when I was a little mm-hmm. girl that's all I did I just you know pretty much 24 7 I was reading. <laughs> um so yeah. I, I grew up in Russ County, Wisconsin, which Ladysmith is is was about 15 minutes from my place, which is a pretty uh rural area and um, not a lot there, pretty just fields, some farms, some country people. So yeah. very, very different than Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Or even uh, I, most, not most of my life anymore, almost, but half of my life was lived in northern Minnesota. And that okay. that's really different from Los Angeles, obviously. Too, yeah.
1: Uh, Rest County would not be such a stretch from northern Minnesota.
0: Yeah. um,
1: There'd be some similarities definitely there.
0: Probably a little more farmland. A lot of, is, does it tend to be farmland?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot of dairy farms, a lot of small farms that are having a hard time making it now. But
0: yeah. 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 Um just to just to jump ahead to current day a little bit because there's more I want to come back to uh kind of your your growing up and experience um as it relates to the book. But you are now living you're you're married now uh two years, three years you've been married?
1: Two two years. Two years. And I I live in western Maryland. It's the triangle the triangle like Maryland has this handle looks like a, oh, a panhandle or something and yeah, the very end right. the very triangle end of maryland is where i live so we're like 15 minutes from west virginia about 45 minutes south of pennsylvania
0: oh interesting so. very good we were we were just through that little triangle earlier this summer oh really passing okay. through um it was the middle of the night was driving through there <laughs>
1: okay oh well then you missed all the desperate
0: <laughs> yeah well actually we um we got a hotel I, I can't remember what town it was but we were coming up from virginia kind of cat virginia area and okay. heading to ohio and we went up through there got a hotel somewhere in there and so the next day when it was light again is yeah i could tell it was really beautiful earlier. So you you now you your husband's name is Ivan. Yes. And you and have And we have one,
1: one uh she's now seven months, just turned seven okay. months. Turn our uh, our daughter is named Annalise.
0: Annalise, all right. Yes. Very good. Yeah, we just had our first daughter in fall of twenty twenty. So she's oof, she's like sixteen months already. Oh, um, um,
1: and you have, you have a couple sons. I forget how many.
0: Yeah. We right? have three, three boys. Three.
1: Okay. Three. Had three mm-hmm. boys
0: and now we have a girl. And so she's uh, bringing extra beauty and sensitivity to our life, but she's also kind of uh, giving the boys a run for their money. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, personally grew up a part of a Obviously like most of my listeners are going to be familiar with uh Anabaptism and the Anabaptist Church, conservative Anabaptist Church. Some people uh might think some some people listening, I don't think this will be the case for most, but some people might have uh MCUSA and Amish kind of all in the same I I don't know if people will know that all the varying types of Anabaptism. But you would have grown up in a fairly conservative Mennonite setting. Is that correct?
1: Oh yeah, I would say fairly conservative, yeah.
0: What are some of the the things that set your conference? Were you a part of a conference or is this Sheldon Church? No,
1: we were never affiliated yeah. yet. It's
0: Okay. So what what are some of the unique aspects of your church as far as belief and practice that might set you apart from some other Anabaptists. Well, before we were recording, you told me that the church you're going to now used to be beachy. So it has kind of a beachy flavor. Maybe I'll ask you what is some of the differences from what you grew up with to what you're experiencing now?
1: Well, what I'm experiencing now, there is a lot more variety in dress. Mm -hmm. Um, And just maybe a lot more openness to education, to different ways of doing things. Um, Whereas where I grew up, it's maybe partly being conservative Anabaptist and also partly just who we were, you know, little us in Rust County, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I mean, um, maybe more, I don't know, (laughs) not as polished, maybe. Um, But
0: not as polished as Beachy or as others?
1: Just as, you know, when you come East, people have things more oh, together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like to me, you know, we were kind of, yeah, we were kind of in the middle of nowhere and just kind of our little yeah. country church and kind of set in our ways, maybe in a, to a certain extent. Or I, I would say we were a very um, welcoming church as far as like for visitors and stuff, but we just, you know, had our ways of doing things and this is how we did it. And and we, as far as dress, like if you're asking about dress, um, like we wore cape dresses and um, like the European style coverings and we were just pretty traditional, like our church services, which is pretty much the same. We um, would have three songs in the morning and then, and then you have your devotional before Sunday school and then you have your Sunday school and then you have your, you come back from Sunday school and you have another song and you have your sermon and then you have another song to close and you stand up for the closing prayer. And we had prayer several times, but it was the same every, every, every Sunday, whereas now the church where I'm attending now, they actually mix it up a lot more. So you don't necessarily know what to expect hmm. exactly. Yeah, there's a basic order of the service, but there's a lot more um, maybe sharing time from the congregation, things like that. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting. I'm curious if um has the church that you grew up in has it changed or is it still kind of similar as far as church format and even um you mentioned something about uh the the setting you're in now is maybe a little more open to education and stuff like that what has has the church you grew up in changed is that and and part of the reason i'm asking the question is it seems like there's like some of the differences within conservative Anabaptist conferences are, are conference related. Like they're, they just have a different flavor, but it also seems like there's a, a change with younger generation. Like there just is a little more opening up to education or, uh, changing up the way you do a service.
1: Would you say
0: that or is, yeah.
1: Well, I think part of, part of the thing with education, um, that's maybe partly just the area or the setting or the, the lifestyle that people have. Like in West County, um, people just didn't really think about going on to college or farmers, you know, if you had a purpose. And that's kind of a Mennonite thing too, a mm-hmm. conservative Mennonite thing. You just, college isn't necessarily in the spectrum. Whereas Mountain View, I mean, Mountain View, there's a lot of young people that do go to college a lot more than in my home area. But now, I mean, it's not like people are completely against it. Like my brother is, now attending college and my you know my sister went to college to be a nurse yeah so it's not like people are necessarily against education but maybe they are a little bit more skeptical i would say
0: Hmm. and
1: also um maybe a little more um yeah just a little more weary of of outside influences i would Hmm. say
0: yeah yeah no that's interesting i guess in your in your book you talk about yourself going to at least auditing some classes. Right,
1: right. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did. And I actually am going to college now. I'm finishing up my communications degree here. Oh, in okay. the spring. So that's exciting. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, that is that is cool. Very good. So yeah, um maybe maybe we'll dive in. I don't know if uh I could keep could keep analyzing Anabaptist culture or dive into the book, um, which is essentially is it fair to say that the book is a memoir of you processing some of the uniqueness of your upbringing as you began relating with someone outside of your, your church culture and setting that broke some, maybe broke some stereotypes or. Yeah,
1: definitely. I would say, Yeah. yeah, you put that very well.
0: Would you mind giving a rundown, at least for our audience, just kind of what, what is the book and, and why should they read it?
1: So as a young person, a younger person, I wasn't, wasn't a teenager. I think I was like 24, maybe when I met Charlene, but I, I, I had led a very, um, sheltered life for the most part, as far as not interacting very much with, um, non-Christians or even non-Mennonites very much. Mm-hmm. So, um, I met this little old woman. I was driving for a transit company, and she had um regular weekly doctor appointments that she needed to go to and I was very intrigued by her we we kind of hit it off right from the beginning the first the first time I drove her, we just had this really interesting discussion. I really, really liked her, and I could tell she liked me, which maybe she was responding to my very genuine interest in her she was um. Oh, a quarter Ojibwe, she was. She she always called she called herself Indian. And she was. Hmm. But um she was also part. She had um, I think her, her maybe her mom was half French Canadian and half Ojibwe, and then her dad would have been like Dutch. Anyway, okay. but she was she was um she looked native. She had, you know, yeah, she had the the native look. And of course I was very intrigued by that because I've always been fascinated for some reason from a, a from a child I've always just Thought Native Americans were just the coolest thing, and so in my mind, you know, at that time, this just made her really interesting, and I wanted to get to know her. She was a very unique, very sparky woman. She had a lot of interesting things to say. She was a good storyteller, and I really um, wanted to help her know Jesus, and so I reached out to her, and um, she was lonely. Um, I would even after I stopped driving for the transit company, um, I would go over to her place to visit, and eventually, I started. Um, driving her separately so there were there were a lot of chances for us to interact and get to know each other and she really I would say um opened my mind to life outside my Anabaptist my very sheltered Anabaptist upbringing and um Mm -hmm. broke a lot of my stereotypes yeah
0: yeah yeah what what are some of the do you mind talking about or just mentioning at least some of the stereotypes that that got broken I know you one, there's a few things. Um, One of the first ones that you that I remember you talking about in the book was that she considered herself a Christian, or she she was familiar with God and open to God. And it, it she didn't strike you. I forget how you worded it exactly. But something about it seemed to catch you off guard that, that she was Christian, and yet she Obviously, participated in some of the Ojibwe practices and and kind of blended some of her Indian culture as well. Um,
1: yeah, I, I wouldn't say that it caught me off guard necessarily. That she was a Christian, I don't know that that necessarily surprised me. But it was a real journey for me to um, take my own ideas of Christianity, which maybe mm-hmm. weren't even so Mennonite as just you know, you read these little evangelical tracts that are, like, you know, there's three steps to salvation, you know, you follow yeah. these steps, ask yeah. Jesus into your heart, and now you're a Christian. Um, or, like, even just hearing, like, um, stories of conversion, you know, people, you know, how how their lives changed when they became a Christian, and so I was confused about Charlene, and I think it was a legitimate confusion, because yes, she did um, claim um, and, and love Jesus, and and she really did. And she had that, those basics, but there was also a lot of maybe gaps in her biblical knowledge and a lot of gaps in her practice. She didn't necessarily live the kind of life I thought a Christian should be living, you know? And so there was a lot of confusion, a lot of things for me to wade through with coming. And ultimately I came to a deeper understanding, I think of, of what it means to be a Christian and what it means to be born again. And not that I have it all figured out now but I would say that my understanding deepened and and became less like okay it's just three steps you know Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so that's interesting I in full transparency for our audience I am about halfway through the book I haven't actually finished it yet but um I've noticed that or I wondered if you're going to process a little further what like I could tell you're trying you're trying to make sure that she's saved Uh, you have Mm -hmm. that encounter where you pull off to the side of the road and have a prayer later to discover Mm -hmm. that she was just kind of playing with you or something. Oh, or you, you said something about later, you found out she was sarcastic. She was being sarcastic.
1: Yeah. I don't think she was playing with me when we prayed, but maybe, yeah, it was, maybe she was a little just skeptical about the whole process or yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. So she, what, was, she
1: was kind of skeptical about the born again people. She always, I didn't oh, find that okay. out until later into our friendship, but she was a little bit skeptical about the whole born again idea. Yeah.
0: Hey folks, I just wanted to take this time and say, thank you for listening. It is fun for me to be able to sit down and interview people, but I really hope that these interviews and these podcast episodes are helpful to you in your journey as you sort through issues and, and try to reconcile your human experiences with God and what he says through his word. I would love to hear feedback from you. Obviously, every episode has an email address in the description, so if you want to shoot me an email message, let me know what you're thinking, what has stood out to you, whether positive or negative. Another really helpful way is to rate and review it on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If it's on iTunes, I know you have the capability of rating it as well as leaving a review. I would love to hear whether it's good or negative feedback. But even if all you can do is give a thumbs up or a star rating, go ahead and do that. Whether it's one star or five stars, a thumbs up or thumbs down, that helps me know kind of where you guys are at and how it's landing on you guys and whether or not these are being helpful and meaningful for you. It is my desire to facilitate a safe place for processing through some fairly deep issues in life. And I hope that it's been that for you. I'd love to hear what your experience has been like with Unfamed Christianity podcast. Thanks for taking the time to give a response. Thanks for taking the time to listen. It is a privilege to be able to provide these each week for you all. What What are some other uh, stereotypes or um? What are other ways that your relationship with Charlene made you think more broadly about relationships and about Christian? The Christian journey
1: well one thing just st- you brought up stereotypes like I think as a conservative Anabaptist or conservative Mennonite maybe I had some stereotypes about who my family was and who other families were like maybe we did things you know we were a close and we were we were a close family and it was wonderful but maybe almost in a way that um devalued other people's families or others. Maybe imperfect as they are, maybe the love that other families have for each other, or um, the relationships or the the value of, of what they have. You know that's very easy to do when you interact with someone from a different background is like, oh, this is how we do it. This is the best way. and maybe almost devalue what they have to offer. And maybe some of the things about what you do or the things your relationships or what your experience are better, but they also have things that are valuable and and I think I learned to recognize um, recognize that you don't have to like even though your family's different, even though you have all these problems that I'm not used to, like divorce and maybe drugs or mm-hmm. um, you know family squabbles, just mm-hmm. m- multitudes of people problems. like what you have is still, you, you know you still have something valuable and I um I see that I see what you have that's good.
0: Yeah. And learning
1: learning to do that, learning, learning yeah. that's there. And also I think learning that um I'm not any different. Hmm. You and I may be from very different backgrounds and there are very real differences between us, but but we can still um on a very human level, there's there's ways that I'm like you that and we can relate on those levels. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. Yeah. Oh that's good. I think the subtitle of your book is oh, that's not <laughs> the subtitle is Unlikely Friends with a Life Changing Bond. I was I was thinking it was something along. Um it was Unlikely Friends. But maybe maybe it's just something you talk about either in the book or I was listening to another podcast you were on, so maybe I got it from that. But just the the surprise or the unlikely place of learning like you as you said at the beginning you went in to lead her to Jesus mm-hmm. and then to discover that like she actually taught you something about about life about God and she
1: taught me a lot about God a lot about faith a lot about simple faith um
0: mm-hmm.
1: I learned so much from her about just having a simple simple beautiful faith in Jesus and and how powerful that is
0: yeah. Yeah. Say, say more about that.
1: Well, like she was the. I remember, um, when she told me, and this was early in our friendship and it was one of the things that was like, well, I don't know if you're a Christian or not, because you have this beautiful faith, but yet, you know, you don't have all your beliefs, right. The way I think they mm-hmm. should be, you know?
0: Um, and
1: I, I remember that was earlier in our friendship when she was just telling me about the woman who washed Jesus feet. And she said, um, you know, can you imagine you know she she was just so full and um of love for jesus she said i'm not i'm not even worthy to kiss his big toe and that's that was the kind of simple um love and faith that she had that was very beautiful to see
0: yeah yeah it's it's reminded me a little bit or some of the stuff that you've said um a few years ago this was back one of, one of the first times, one of the first years we were here in LA, we went to, we would often go to the Union Rescue Mission, which was a, a Christian mission for homeless people in downtown LA. And we'd often go there and sing, do some singing, maybe hand out tracks, help feed food. They, uh, twice a day they fed people through there. Later on, we eventually did some uh, like foot spas for people washing washing people's feet but one of the first times we were there I remember going in and looking around it was a lot of people a lot of men I was we were, they're were divided uh, male and female as far as kind of the behind the scenes like where you gather and hang out and so on the male side I was looking around it, it's a bunch of guys that look like they're on drugs or they're not very clean like obviously they've been listening uh, living on the streets and So I come in as a clean, put together white guy. Most, most of those people were either Latino or black or, you know, not, not, some of them were, but not all of them were white. And I just very much had this mindset that I'm going to tell people about heaven or tell people about God. And I remember giving a track and starting a conversation with this one guy who in 15 minutes profoundly changed my perspective of God and and in a good way like he he showed me more of God and and had a love for Jesus that I didn't even have and a trust a trust in Jesus and challenged me in my own walk with God and I left there kind of confused because it's like why is he why is he in this homeless shelter Especially because I, part of my my mindset was that if I'm truly following God, then I will be always taken care of and I won't ever face hard economic circumstances. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I've thought about that event different, different times as I read or as I listen to you talk, just the unlikely places that we find, discover more about God.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, one time Shara said, you know, if if I go over and turn on the water at the kitchen sink, God allows me to do that, you know. <laughs> she had this, she really did have it. And I'm like, wow, I guess I thought I believed in the sovereignty of God, but you really believe in the sovereignty of God. I never yeah. never once thought about, okay, only because of God's grace can I go turn on the water at the kitchen sink, you know. So, yeah, yeah, to me, that was pretty profound (laughs) in a very down-to-earth way, which is how Shara was. She was very profound in a very down-to-earth way.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, friends, I have a little surprise for you. If you've been enjoying this conversation between Lucy and I about her book, Turtle Heart, I am going to be giving away two copies, two free copies. There is going to be a link in the description of this podcast episode. Just click on that link. It'll take you to a page where you enter your email, and the first two people to enter their email will be the winners of this giveaway. So if you would like your own copy of Turtle Heart, you have not read it yet and you'd like to get it for free, just go ahead and click the link in the description or visit www.asherwhitmer.com forward slash turtle heart and enter your email. And the first two to enter will receive a free copy of Lucy's book. Uh, There's, there's two uh, areas that I'd like to talk about, but I don't want to take too much time here. I'm trying to figure out which one um, would be best at least to start with. But what are, what are some ways like at, as you look back on that experience and you're now you're living in a a new area, I'm assuming you're still what two, three years into Maryland, or have you been there for a while? No,
1: no it's about I've lived here as long as we're married, so it's been a little okay. over two years.
0: Yeah, and and so it's a new a new church setting, a new. It, are you largely interacting with Anabaptist people, or
1: you live? Yeah, in the I'm country? largely I'm largely inter- I live in the country. Um, there's actually a lot more um anabaptists. I mean, I, I shouldn't say there's a there's I don't know, maybe it's the place where I live, but right here in Pleasant Valley Valley, there's a lot of um New Order Amish and a lot of Mennonites. Like oh, there's okay. that's just yeah. a fairly there's probably more, a bigger percentage of the population, maybe, or at least right here in Pleasant Valley than back home in Russ where I grew up in Russ County.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so in a way and I had yeah, I had pretty deep roots in the community there. Um, with Mennonites, yes, but also yeah. with non-Mennonites, I had friendships, I had a, a variety of friendships there, and so here it feels like um, I really haven't got outside very far outside of my church and a few neighbors, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. but yeah, so largely at this point, I'm in, mostly interacting with Anabaptists, at least yeah. in person, like, with yeah. the, with the new friends, with the new friends that I've made.
0: How have like obviously. Your relationship with Charlene has changed the way you think about and relate with, with people who are like Charlene, who come from that background, um, or, or, sorry, who come from a different background even than your own, uh, whether that's exactly mm-hmm. like Charlene's or not. How has your relationship with Charlene? How does that impact the the setting you live in now? Like, are there things that you you think about or you? you intentionally do now to, I, I haven't thought through this question real thoroughly. So I'm, I'm trying to articulate what I'm trying to get at. But um, you know, like, whether that's, whether that's the way you relate to your neighbors, or whether that's even just people within the Anabaptist community has it has your experience? with Charlene changed the way you relate to other Anabaptists?
1: That's a good question. It's, I have never thought about that before. Um, there was a time like right after I knew Charlene um, and I felt like, and I was, um, and part of the story is maybe, I don't know how much, part of the story, part of my journey with Charlene was, um, confusion over my sexuality and just confusion like I think as a result of of knowing her like my mind was I felt like my mind was really broadened and I learned a lot of big things and I didn't really feel Mennonite anymore I felt way bigger than Mennonites and I didn't really feel like I could fit into the Anabaptists Hmm. um and that that happened like after I knew her and I don't feel that way anymore I feel feel like I'm pretty authentically deeply Mennonite you know it's just kind of that's the way yeah. I grew up, and and so I was. This is where I was born, and even if I like, you know, even if I like thinking outside the box, the general way I think is definitely very limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't, and and I'll, I've gotten to you know realize that yeah, we're just people. No, and yes, I do fit in, and yeah, there's a wide variety. They're not just like, you know, not just like my home church either. Like, there's a lot of other people that may feel like I do that are within the Anabaptist. Um. Mm-hmm so i but I would say, for a while after I knew Charlene, like <laughs> knowing her made me feel like I didn't fit in, and I would say that faded now with time, but yeah,
0: yeah, interesting yeah the the other thing I wanted to ask you about was was the part the sexuality part that you you touch on in the book, um and that again, I I have not read the, the end of the story or the whole story. So I'm not sure what all you, you process, but what I've seen, what I've gathered so far is you're slowly waking up. There were different things early on in your relationship that, that um made you wonder if it was interesting reading it. I knew um, you had written some articles about uh, same sex attraction mm-hmm and so i knew that this story must involve that and so maybe i was looking mm-hmm. for it a little bit but it was interesting there were things that were happening that as a reader i was like this lady's gay or this lady's lesbian mm-hmm. and yet in your writing you didn't acknowledge that yet um and then and then you started talking about you know the the peck on the lips and uh asking asking you to sleep in in her bed with her and different things that eventually started you began processing like is this is this lady gate is she when she says she loves you is she is is it meaning more than just kind of friendship i love you sort of thing um what what was that process like for you and do you mind talking about some of the struggles that that it maybe led led you to sort through well like a lot of
1: the little clues that i was careful to put in the book, um, I didn't catch on to it at all at the time because that was not in my mind. That was not from my background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I think even, yeah, like that was like maybe some of the stuff or the incidents or, or, or the way she, things that would have been, yeah, very obvious like I didn't actually completely process till in retrospect afterwards like even after you know after she passed away and I was writing her story our story mm-hmm. but um can can you just re- rephrase your question what, again because I, yeah. I feel like I kind of lost my lost where <laughs> I was going with that can you can you say yeah. it again so I can think about it
0: yeah absolutely I um my question was what, what was that? What was that like for you to kind of awaken to the fact that this lady's trying to have a, or is it again, I, I don't know, is she trying to have a same sex relationship with you? Or is it just kind of her, her, um, desires bubbling out? Like is, is, was she intentionally trying to pursue that with you? I, I, don't I would give, say don't she, give away too much of the
1: story. Yeah. yeah. No, I would, I would say she was, and I don't know that I completely got onto that until even like, I was never quite sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't know that I completely caught onto it until even after, but I'm, I'm pretty sure she was initially. And then she was very lonely though. Hmm. I mean, I know hmm. she was initially like, she thought, okay, you know, I'm lesbian. She thought I was as well. I, I'm pretty, you know,
0: okay. and,
1: and she, yeah, she was trying to start a relationship like that kind of a relationship initially because yeah and i, I don't want to go on into details of the story so i'll let i'll let readers read it for themselves yeah. but but i but she i know she didn't have that in her mind initially but she was also just lonely like she just yeah. whether you know it, it didn't have to be a lesbian relationship she was very hungry for a friendship and so that i think was um somewhat confusing to me because i wanted to meet her emotional needs and then i was very confused about oh is this wrong because because you're lesbian and so is this the wrong kind of a relationship yeah um that was very confusing for me to try yeah. and read through
0: yeah and and there, uh there's several questions I want to ask but I want to be careful of your time the the first one maybe is um oh, I just lost my first one the <laughs> second
1: <laughs> that happens to me
0: oh what was it Hey listeners, I wanted to take a moment and talk to you about the Unfamed Christianity Membership Program. If you've been enjoying this conversation between Lucy and I about her book Turtle Heart, you may be interested in learning about the Unfamed Christianity Membership Program program. As a part of the membership program, you receive expanded versions of podcast interviews such as this. Another thing that members get is two deep dive essays a month that look at something Christians are wrestling through right now. So for instance, deconstruction has been something that many are talking about and processing. And so in a few days, I'm going to be releasing a deep dive essay that looks at Is deconstruction destructive and kind of wrestling through what leads people to deconstruct and is it right or wrong to deconstruct and how can we deconstruct in a way that actually leads to something better than just kind of negativity or or even another posture towards it is just to avoid it like no any deconstruction is bad and and so that's an example of a essay that's coming up we have a lot of essays already published that you'll receive access to such as is it wrong for christians to masturbate thinking through the black lives matter movement what ravi's fall tells us about how we handle brokenness in the church and many more types of deep dive essays If this sounds like something you're interested in visit www.asherwitmer.com forward slash member and become a member today it's as cheap as ten dollars a month that gives you access again to expanded podcast episodes as well as deep dive essays twice a month and everything that's in the archives again the address is www.asherwitmer.com forward slash member (laughs) you were talking about the um Oh the the challenge of like do I continue in a relationship with this person now that I know she's lesbian. So that's that's one question. The second one, what is did you did it cause you to struggle? You you mentioned you reference your own struggle with sexuality. Did that struggle come because of the fact that she thought you were lesbian and then you like pro- processing like what what's that all about or
1: So um Well, first of all, like, I never, I never considered giving up a friendship, like, because she was lesbian, like I was going to be your friend, like, that wasn't a question in my mind. It was more, it was more like, what do I do with this? How do I relate to you Mm. in a way that's pure? Because now I don't know how to act. And, yeah, and I don't know if my actions are right, because like, I never worry, you know, if it's, if it's another girl, hey, it's all girls, no big deal. You know, we're just, we're us. And now all of a sudden, I need to start relating to you in a, I mean I need okay so if you're lesbian and and does that mean you're like you're like a guy and and how do I relate to someone that I can't just be a girl with yeah. <laughs> like yeah. um and and like then starting to to yeah like if she that like am I really maybe maybe I'm lesbian like that was completely because like, I love you so much, you know, like I I loved her so much, like so deeply in a way that I had never had a friendship with anybody else before and probably never will again. But, um, you know, now that I'm married, (laughs) I can look at it much more realistically, but I was very, very sheltered and very, um, you know i never had sex i didn't i didn't i had crushes on guys mm. but i didn't you know i didn't know how to process like who i was and like if i have these feelings for you does that make you know if i does that make me lesbian? Oh, okay. and um so and so was... that was
0: sorry go, go ahead
1: yeah so it was it was it was definitely Part of that, um, yeah, it's, it's something I talk about in the book. I don't know if I go into a lot of because some of that even happened after after she passed away, where I was like, hmm. "Um, now where am I? Like, I feel so so different than everybody else, yeah. you know." And part of that was because of our relationship and the places, the deep places that I went with her that I didn't then know what to do with afterwards.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was more your own affection for her that made you wonder about who you are not just yeah. the fact that she thought she could that you were the kind of person she could have a relationship no with. Yeah.
1: that made me well that made me mad at first like when I thought oh yeah. you're you're wondering if you that made me mad at first that was my first initial yeah. thing because because that had never entered my mind and I didn't yeah. want to be associated or thought of as a gay person but then yeah. then after I got over you know that first flush of emotion yeah, it was. There was just definitely. Um, you, we loved each other very deeply. We had a very mm. deep emotional connection, and there was. We also had a lot of friction. A lot of. Um, yeah, there was a lot of friction in our relationship as well. It was a very, um, yeah. maybe in some ways draining. Maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, in some ways, fulfilling, yeah. but but, but it was a confusing. Just trying to wade through what my emotions to her were. And if they were, if they were right, because now yeah. I didn't know how to act anymore, basically.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Lucy, for, for sharing and for honoring uh, Char- Charlene's life with this book. Did she ever, um, you, you waited to write it until she passed away? Or did you yeah. know you were writing it? I,
1: she knew, I, I, I talked to her about it. And yeah. she knew I was going to write a book about her. It was, it was a book about her. And it ended up, it was going to be a book about us and a lot about her. And it ended up being a book about us and a lot about me. And that's not yeah. because I'm like, oh, I want to write about me and not Shirley. It's, it's because I can only write from my perspective. I yeah. can't write from her yeah. perspective. It's just, so I wrote yeah. the story that I knew and the story I experienced. And it's, it tells a story of our friendship.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. It's very good. I ha- I highly recommend it. Um I it's an easy read. Uh, it's it's a memoir, it's story, so it it's you, you do well at weaving in the the processing and the conflict embedded within a story and those are some of the best books, best ways to help the rest of us process life as well. So where can people find it if they want to go get it for themselves?
1: So you can get it online at Amazon or Barnes and Noble online. Um, and maybe a few local bookstores. It's not necessarily in a lot of bookstores, but um, you can also order it directly through, um, from me um, if you want to take the trouble to do that. But um, my website is LucindaJKinsinger.com.
0: LucindaJKinsinger.com. Yeah. That's right. And that's, uh, I, I definitely recommend subscribing to Lucy's mm-hmm. blog as well. I have, Followed her, excuse me, off and on for the. I mean, I I follow your blog. I don't read every blog post, but since I think the first time you reached out to me, so six or seven years probably, and and you do really well at at tackling the ones that I read are when you're tackling like issues of that that are challenging to Christians that are especially uh, especially this sort of thing where it might be stepping out of our box our stereotypes you blog about many different things um and so yeah people can definitely go check Lucy out on her blog Lucinda J Kinsinger, if I can get That's the right. type the author.com thank you for coming on here
1: yeah it was great to be here I really enjoyed it
0: part of the membership program. You receive two deep dive essays a month and expanded versions of all our podcast interviews. If you would like to become a member, visit www.asherwhipper.com forward slash member. Unfaith Christianity podcast is also a part of two networks, the restorative faith collective, where we have conversations about race perspectives and relationships in an Anabaptist context. To learn about more articles and podcasts, visit www.restorativefaith. Collective.org. The second network is the Kingdom Outpost, where we talk about what it looks like to live as Jesus's nation in today's world. For more podcasts and articles, visit KingdomOutpost.org. Thanks for listening.